Hey there, this is Bob Mather. I'm the founder of preemployee.com and mybackgroundcheck.com. And if you want to learn how to level up and be successful through masterminds, then you should listen to my good friend, Brandon Strazzo with the Mastermind Effect. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to the Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey, everyone. Today, we've got the founder of MyBackgroundCheck.com, Bob Mather. He gets into a person's background and how he wants to change his industry. Bob explains how college can be a great experience, but you're going to learn more from real life experiences. And Bob's going to let you know that you should just shut the F up and do it. Check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show where you know I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today, to help us do this, we have got the founder of Pre-Employ and MyBackgroundCheck.com, Bob Mather. Bob, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, when the listeners realize all the value and the, uh, the gold bombs that you're going to be dropping today and they want to reach out to you and just learn more about what you do and who you're about, what's the best way personally or through social for them to reach out to you? Personally, you can always just give me a call at my office, 800-300-1821, extension 124. I take as many calls as I can. On LinkedIn, it's Bob Mather, M-A-T-H-E-R. And on Twitter, it's at Bob Mather, M-A-T-H-E-R. Perfect. All right. And hey, you, I, I said Mather. Did I say Mather at the beginning? No. And it's Mather. I know. I, as we talked about, just don't say Bob wrong. Don't say it backwards. That's yeah. Okay. It. It's Bob, not Bob. Perfect. That's we right. got that one. We have established that. You got and, it. Uh, all right. Yeah, we, we were having a little bit of can't, uh, banter back and forth before the show. So let's, uh, let's dive into it. You know, when you and I were younger, we learned from textbooks and teachers. Then eventually it's our friends, our family, our car workers, the people around us. But the reality is that's a sliver of what's possible. How has your learning changed from your early years versus today? Oh, my goodness. My early years, well, we didn't have computers, right? We didn't have anything. And my first learning literally was about work ethic. The ability to go in and work and work and work until the task or goal was accomplished. I was raised on a working cattle ranch. So as I was going to high school, I would get up at 4.30 every morning feed animals, go to school, come back, feed animals, work. And I learned work ethic there. After, after I left that experience, I learned that, that nothing's hard. And as technology came along and as, you know, the ability, it was mind-blowing. Netscape came along, right? I'm a little older than you, but it was just like, what is this? Yeah, what is this? And that thought that you could sit at a computer, which were these big, huge monstrosities back then, and the person across the room from you that you could see could type and work on the same document as you was mind-blowing, mind-blowing. So I was actually a very early adapter into technology just because of love. Um, I had the old 
AOL disk drives you would put in that would (laughs) Uh, and I'd get on and just soak up as much learning as as I could. Today, I spend a lot of time giving back and I do that on various social media platforms. I'm a big fan of uh, LinkedIn. I'm a big fan of Clubhouse now. I'm trying to get into Twitter spaces so that I can uh, engage in there. And that's also how I learn. It seems like everything you give back comes back tenfold in new knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's what, what I'm hearing there is you lead with the give mentality. I do now. I didn't when I was younger. You know, and, and I think, you know, if you're younger now, just starting out and you're a little bit greedy, don't worry. It's okay. You know, it's, I was actually talking to someone um, who was asking me for some advice and uh, he was in his mid thirties and was saying, you know, I, I was just like, Hey, what's wrong. I can talk. Hey, let's talk. And he just said, you know, basically to paraphrase him, I, I don't, I don't have a goal. I don't know what to do. And we were talking for a while. And I said, well, I think I hear your goal. It was similar to mine when I was probably your age. You want to be successful. You want to be wealthy. And and like a light bulb went off to him. I said, it's okay to take micro steps towards that. And that's okay to say, that's my goal. In today's world, there's more, you set that goal and you usually preface it. I want to give back. And that's why I want to be wealthy. And I want to get a percentage, but that's not really the way it was 20 years ago. You know, 20 years ago, it was okay to just say, look, I'm chasing the American dream and I'm going to work hard and I'm going to try to do it. Yeah. So today I give back a lot and, um, and I get flooded with kindness. It's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, when you have that shift from an I to a we, and it doesn't make you a bad person because you have that I mindset. It doesn't. You know, technology has brought us closer together and it's also separated us. Technology has allowed us to be faster, more efficient at things, but at the same time, it's caught us, it's caused us to create jealousy and, you know, the imposter syndrome. And it's like, people only see the final product, the successful product. They don't see, you know, success is built on a road of bones and skeletons or bones and, you know, dead bodies. By the time someone has gotten there, what it took is you know, the, the, the picture looks completely different when it is. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love hearing that you're, you're working with younger generations and letting them know, Hey, it's okay. Take those micro steps. And, you know, when we learn, when we learn from you and we learn from all these other people, it can be confusing because there's a lot of resources out there today. Yeah. You know, some people learn from mentors, accountability buddies, masterminds, online courses. So obviously lots of ways to learn. Who are you currently learning from and how did you connect with them? Oh, currently I am in deep with marketing, how to reach the most people, the most effectively with the best message. And I'm working with this group uh, called Marketing Counts and his name's Paul Counts. Wonderful guy, tremendous uh, mentor in marketing. And, And you know this, Brandon, when you're trying to find someone to work with and to learn from, it's not always what they're saying. It's how you connect, how you hear them how they resonate, how it sinks in. You know, we all learn in different ways. Some of us have to read. Some of us have to read and take notes at the same time. Some of us have to watch. Uh, one of my daughters, you know, pretty much has to watch a video for it to sink in. You know, it's we all have different ways. So that is is who I'm really working with right now for the last probably four or five months, really to take my social game to be able to, to understand how to reach people better. And, and how did you connect to find and start working with them? 
I connected through LinkedIn. Yeah. So uh, LinkedIn is an amazing platform and I recommend it for all young entrepreneurs or want to be successful people. LinkedIn is one of the, I believe it's only one of two platforms right now that gives you the ability to get organic growth. So if I post a, you know, and I paraphrase here, but if, if I post uh, something on criminal justice reform or on the background check process on Facebook, as a rule, unless I pay for ads, only my friends are going to see it in my connections. But on LinkedIn and on TikTok right now, those are the two platforms that you can post. And if you have a good post and people like it and the algorithms pick you up, you can get hundreds of thousands of people uh, looking at you. And I really recommend that people uh, take some time to study how LinkedIn works. I've been doing it for the last couple of years and um, it's a tremendous platform. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of my favorite for, for multiple reasons. Now, hey, depending on how much you're posting out there, you're, you're going to get some, you know, inbox spam results. That's just the reality. And that's just about every platform out there. Um, I'd be curious because I think Instagram might follow that same model if you use the hashtag method with them. Other people that are not in your ecosystem are able to see that based off a location. If they're searching. If they're searching, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... In my, in my case, I'm a private investigator. I'm a CEO. I'm a kind of a thought leader for change in my industry. So right now I'm focusing as much as I can on the executives who can change and make the background check process more transparent, less secrecy, more fair, less discriminatory. And, and I'm finding tremendous success on LinkedIn dealing with executives who want to do the right thing. They want to do the right thing. It's just surprising to everybody on how background checks work and how, how scary it is. And and you're one of the people that plays on both sides where you're sitting there and you're, you, you can phrase it better than I can, but you, you understand someone with a, uh, a different background, you know, one that, you know, might have had, had a few bumps and bruises on it. And on mm-hmm. the other side, would you mind going in just a little bit on that, you know, as you play on both sides of what I'm talking about? Yeah, so I do thousands of background checks a day for criminal background checks a day for employers who are hiring people. And and it's it's just a crazy world that we live in if you think about it. We're talking about social media and marketing and and that leads right into recruiting where, you know, if you if I wanted to come to work for you, you may be spending, you know, a $1,000, $10,000, $100,000 a year trying to recruit somebody like me. So I'm going through that process. And you and I go through this little dance where we're like, hey, Brandon, I really like your company. And you're like, hey, Bob, I really like what your resume says. And I like the way we connect. Like, hey, Brandon, you want to go into a relationship? I'd like to work with you. And you're like, Bob, I'd love to have a relationship with you. Why don't you come to work for me? And then you say, hey, Bob, stop. I need your name, your social security number, your date of birth. I need you to go pee into this cup. I'm not only going to look into your background and try to see if I can catch you lying about anything on your resume or any criminal records that I can find. Uh, I may even check to make sure that you have the right to be in the United States. Then I'm going to go in through E-Verify, which we do for employers. and But then I'm going to send your urine to a laboratory and I'm going to have some people look through your urine for substances that may or may not be illegal. (laughs) It's a crazy process. And it's what we've done for a long, long time. So I know from my experience working that getting a background check 
I deal with both sides. So I deal with the applicants who are great people. Most of them are just flying through the process. All of them are curious what's in my background. We try to give as much transparency as we can. And then we also try to help the people that have a criminal record in their background. There's a tremendous amount of uncertainty and naivete. Like if I got arrested uh, 15 years ago in high school, uh, will this show up on a background check when I was 17 or whatever it may be? Are they going to talk to my uh, little sister's best friend? Because I put a frog down her shirt when she was seven. Will that come up? There's just a whole bunch of, of uh, things that we try to help applicants get through the process, educate the employers. So yeah, we have both sides. I'm building out my background check right at mybackgroundcheck.com right now to really be the vehicle where people can view what is out there in the world right now in their background. A click of a button, sign in, get your background check report, see who else has background checks, make sure it's right, own it. It just needs to be, you know, the new way. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Uh, you and I had a conversation a week ago, uh, just about the time that I spent in prison. I was in and out the same day, but yeah. two different times, Max Four Penitentiary. If you've yeah. listened to any of the episodes before, listeners, you know what I'm talking about. Working for Grubhub doesn't count. Delivering food into prison and back, it doesn't count. as a. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was much more extensive than working for Grubhub. But that being the case, no, I mean, like people, people deserve that opportunity. And, and I love the fact that that's how you see it. You know, just speaking of people in general, I think sometimes we get stuck in our ideas and how things need to be done. Um, I believe the pandemic, though, has allowed us to, you know, find ways to recapture and repurpose how things are able to be accomplished. How have masterminds and coaching helped you when you're looking to get unstuck and accomplish something that you're just kind of sitting there saying, I don't know how to do this? My biggest issue is procrastination, self-sabotage. So I spend a lot of time studying now and working with masterminds to get over that issue. I'll, I will, and I think you and I might've talked about this before, I'll do four or five things at once. I'll have email open, I'll procrastinate, a shiny object jumps by and I don't, uh, I don't, yeah, and I go grab it. So uh, it's a process. No, there, when you ask that or other people ask something like that, there's, it's, it's like saying, how do you drink water to me? You know, or like how important is water in your life? Yeah. You, you've got to, uh, it's a process. It's an everyday thing. There's, you just have to keep trying. You have to work hard to be better, to be a better person, to be a better employer, to be a better job applicant, wherever you're at in your stage, to be a better entrepreneur. And you have to constantly search for them. Yeah. Uh, you, you reminded me of something that I had kind of forgotten about because you know, you and I are hopping at this or, you know, whenever something's buzzing. And and one of my coaches uh, who's been on the podcast, Steve Sims, he, I think he calls it hush the crying baby. And that's what we have to learn to do is like, get done what needs to be done. And don't worry about that, that vibrating, that buzzing or whatever it is, but hush the crying baby. Yeah. It sounds good. How's it working for you? <laughs> Anyways, on to the next thing <laughs> on this episode of Bob, not Bob. Uh, no. Yeah. I mean, I got to focus on it, man. It's something that I think we all need to focus on, um, you know, and masterminds, ma masterminds can help us do that. You know, it puts us in a room with people that might not be in our industry, but help us think differently, look differently, plug and play, you know, something that, that, that works for them and you can repurpose it for what you're doing. And they've been around for a long time. Probably the first mastermind was the apostles. And then, uh, you know, Benjamin Franklin creates the Junto club. 
And then Napoleon Hill, he writes a book about it, which really solidifies you know, what a mastermind is. As there continues to be a large boom in self-education, where do you see the parallels going between self-education versus standardized education? You know, I've been lucky to have three daughters that have went through college now. And all of them came out and said the exact same thing, which is I've learned more outside of college than I ever did inside. Um, Great experiences for them. But I failed at college and learned a lot more. Um, I went to five junior colleges. I didn't uh, ever make it to anything larger and am happy that I didn't. I think right now, uh, colleges is particularly the tuition is a bubble. It makes no sense. You can go into debt for hundreds of thousands of dollars to come out with a poli sci degree or a, uh, you know, whatever the degree may be. And there's no real, real use for it. Right now, I think uh, masterminds and for things, uh, podcasts like this, places like Clubhouse and Twitter spaces that where you can just passively listen if you want to on a specific topic where it's really, uh, it gives you the ability, in my opinion, to focus on the education you want to focus on at this particular moment. So it may be Sunday morning, I'm in the gym, I'm going to be here for in my case, seven minutes, but it should be like an hour, right? And you want to, uh, you want to focus on improving this part of your life or or this part of education, or want to learn about the latest, maybe you want to learn about the newest, you know, NFTs. What are, what are they? How do they work? How does this work in the art world? Is this an investment opportunity or a fad? And you can study this specific topic in microbursts. And I mean, how wonderful you press pause right? (laughs) Yeah. You can learn at your pace, at your convenience. And I think there's a pro and con to it because, you know, when you have to be sitting in a specific place, you're like, you have to take it in, but it allows you to do it at the convenience of the pace you can handle it. Right. And it gives you the ability to, to learn from the best, you know, the best, and they may be the best in this moment or the past 20 years, whatever it may be. And you get to learn from the best and, uh, in some cases, it's even interactive. You know, if you get into Clubhouse or Twitter Spaces, you can, you can talk, you can chat. I was just say there's so many places right now where I was talking with someone earlier today, and they said their mentor, their coach said, "Give your best stuff away for free." Yeah. And there's so many places: Clubhouse, Twitter, yeah. different platforms that are out there that you can gain so much knowledge. People are giving it now. Yeah barrier to entry is so, so much lower. So yeah, I'm jealous. I'm, I'm envious. In fact, I'm angry at the younger generation. You didn't have to work as hard as we did. That's it. Come on. <laughs> what are you complaining about? Huh? They're working smarter, just not harder. You know? I know. And then they are smarter. All my kids are smarter than me. Damn. Yeah. You and I, you and I grew up where it was like, you, if you defined yourself by how hard you worked. Yes. You define yourself like you must work the extra hours. Eight hours a day, what? Why aren't you doing 10, 12 hours a day? Yeah. And, and, and what I eventually learned was, listen, working hard does not mean working smart. doesn't mean working efficient. Someone gave an analogy. They said, listen, I'm going to go get a bunch of uh, quotes on building a pool in my backyard. And, I'm, and, and they go with person A over here. And they said, I'm going to work harder than anyone else. I'm going to get it done. Here's my price. It came in lower than everyone else, but I'm going to work harder than everyone else. And the, they have all the tools, the excavators, the big, the big machines. Six hours into it, they go out there and the person's just using a shovel and digging. And they said, well, I told you I was going to work hard. 
Well, that isn't the definition of what you should be right. doing. But that was the mentality that you and I grew up with. Right. And um, to work smarter, you, you really couldn't. You couldn't talk to Bill Gates or engage. And, you know, there wasn't this flowing, this ability to, there was, not only was the technology not there, there weren't people giving back as much as they are now. Yeah. So, but what a wonderful time. I mean, and we're talking about young and barrier to entry. How about the 40, 50, 60 year olds? Like I've always wanted to do ABC. Yeah. Yeah. And now's the time. It's never been easier. Yeah. Just put some headphones in, do whatever you're doing and listen to whatever it is you're trying to do. And you'll see, it's like, oh, this is how you do it. Yeah. One of my favorite people, I will say this, and then we'll, we'll go on. Still on a monthly basis, I get a newsletter. This person's, this person's 31, Nick Peterson, an amazing sculptor, some of the titans in the industry. And I love still getting the monthly newsletter. Like it's, I can touch it. I can, you know, you know, it's, it's something tactile. I love it. Yeah. I have, uh, yeah, I have, I have books and videos and I go back and forth, but I find myself now, I don't know if this is true for you. I don't read as much as I used to. I I struggle reading a, a whole book. Like when I was young, I could just sit down and devour them. Now I, I struggle with attention. Yeah, I, I've got stacks of books, people that send me their books now because of the podcast and the platform that we're building that, uh, you know, they're like, hey, have you ready? And I'm like, I'm getting through it. I've got to get through it. Like, yeah. <laughs> we've interviewed over 100 people in less than, I think it's like six or seven months. And like, I keep getting books. My wife's like, how many books are you buying? I'm like, I'm not. They just show up, honey. How can you, you can't read them all. What are you going to do? Hire somebody to read you, give you the cliff notes. Uh, we're going to get rid of that back there and we're going to put a bookshelf in. So there you go. <laughs> All right. You know, when, when people invest in themselves, they typically have a better than vague idea of what the outcome is. And, and I always feel that your, your highest ROI is yourself, better than the stock market, better than the housing market, because you can't control those. I'm in both of those, but you don't have control of them. You do have control of yourself. What should someone expect when they invest in themselves and work with you through what you're building? When they invested, well, I don't know about working with me. I mean, I don't charge for anything, so I'm giving free advice to anyone. But there's no doubt that investing in yourself is absolutely uh, the path that people have to go down. You're right. You can't control what's going on. And in today's world, you know, as we're starting to emerge, when we're recording this, we're starting to emerge from COVID. What you can control is even more confusing, right? We lost control of so many things, but what an opportunity this has been for you to, to learn everything you want to learn, to be better. And re like I said earlier, regardless of your age, you know, and I think you and I might've mentioned it, you know, I'm building out a new company and what I'm struggling with is, do I want to be 100% or do I want to bring in investors who bring in talent, right? And so it's a, it's a huge process. Now, for me to make this decision, I have to invest in a lot of time and learning to understand the pros and cons. I want to hear the horror stories from both sides. And as a PI and a background check uh, expert, I hear the horror stories. I've seen them. I've worked on cases helping people, helping entrepreneurs with bad partnerships. And I've also uh, seen some of the pros. So I'm trying to, I'm a hundred percent own guy my whole life. And I'm trying to, to see what is the, trying to literally trying to calculate the ROI on that particular decision. Anyone have any advice, hit me up, Twitter, Bob Mather, LinkedIn, Bob Mather. 
love to hear your take on it. I really would. Uh, well, I mean, I'll give you a couple of guys that maybe you want to take a look at. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Moore, Nick Peterson, they do a thing called Thursday Night Boardroom, which is an amazing once a night, once a month uh, mastermind. Once you're let in, it's free. And uh, geez, I'm flying out to see one of them next week to talk about this specific thing right here, just because like you and I, what, with bo- what we're both individually building, yeah. I've done it both ways, 100%, split it, worked with family. And I can tell you, they've all worked, they all haven't worked. And, it, and the real answer is, it depends. Yeah. So, you know, I feel that uh, success is a word that we use out there. And people define it differently. A lot of the time in the solo shows, I talk about success and the pillars of success. And what does it take to be successful? And a few other things is, is mentorship, experimentation, partnership, willingness to fail. And on the flip side, willingness to define success. And why so many people don't do it when once you have defined success, you've in essence defined failure. And that's a scary thing to think about. What do you feel is a key attribute in becoming successful? A key attribute in becoming successful. Well, I would say in my experience, what it's been have been micro goals. So this sounds silly, but when I started out, my goal was to be able to pay off my cars. I had two cars and I had a car payment. And when that happened and I could look out at my vehicle and I had no car payment, I was a success. And then it went on to if I could pay off my house. And I've almost always used money as as a way to judge success. I don't spend it. I don't I don't do anything crazy. Like my cars are old now. And but I've always set micro goals on success. If I can, and I had it's embarrassing. I'm gonna tell you something embarrassing. <laughs> when I was young, and I mean really young, I thought my definition of success was if I could make $1,000 for every year of my age. So if I was 25 and I made $25,000 a year, that was it. Yeah, that's embarrassing, but that's the way I did it. And from my ranch days, I went, you know, I, I went down this path of working on a ranch and then I caught shoplifters for a living for years and then worked into embezzlement and became a PI and then learned a little more through uh, studying about how to build companies that have the ability for exponential growth. In my case, as a private investigator, and this goes for anyone who's out there who works in, in, in a, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're a plumber, there's only so many hours a week you can bill out. But in my case, I found out that in the background check process, I could sign up one contract and a hospital or a small business might spend 50, 60, $250,000 a year with me. So you can build, you can build exponential revenue that way. Wow. Yeah. And that's interesting. I think if, if I had to guess, there's so many things that are built into our DNA and that was probably built into your DNA that I'm 25, 25,000, I'm 35, 35,000. Yeah. And that's the definition of wealth. And you probably have moved away from a scarcity mindset into an abundant mindset and realizing that peace and happiness might have a higher weighing factor on success for you now versus like a monetary number over here. Yeah, but it's easy to say that when when I turned 40, I reached literally every single goal that I could have. I remember with with my having my middle daughter on my knee and um, it hit me. 
Like I did it. And I almost had a mental breakdown after that, right? What do I do now? Like I have told people over the years, I don't think I would want to win the lottery. I don't know what I would wake up and want to do. Like I love to be building. I love to work, right? Now, as I get a little bit older, I, happiness isn't, I, I literally have no idea uh, about how much money I have or don't have. I don't look at it, count it. It's not part of the part of the DNA, but it, it's the path that I had to take, yeah. you know, to get there. It's every Everyone's path is their own. I think mine happened around 38, 39 and what you were talking about when that moment, that mind yeah. shift and that like, what am I doing? Breakdown happens. Um, and it's, it's having the right people around you to help, you know, guide you through that realizing that it's, you know, it's okay. It's I'm not at the middle or beginning or end of whatever it is. You can completely change the trajectory going forward because having a foundation. So it's not so easy. It's easier to do it when you have built a foundation, you built that financial foundation, that, that corporate foundation mm -hmm. to lead with the give mentality and have a for purpose mindset going forward. It's a lot easier when you have that foundation. Right. Uh, unfortunately, during that stage, I had nobody. I had to figure it out and it all worked out. It's, it was amazing. But, you know, I, I, I would tell people that were close to me, I have to Bob proof my life. This is, I had imposter syndrome. This was too good to be true, right? Like a depression era syndrome. I have to pay off everything. I have to make it so that if I die, my family has nothing to worry about. They can't lose everything. If I get divorced, which eventually I did, you know, everyone's going to be good and be able to go on. I had to Bob proof this because there's no way that, you know, this guy who used to catch shoplifters uh, is, is going to keep this going. And now I don't look at the monetary. I look, but I still wake up with the work ethic that I want to uh, grow. And right now I want to change my industry and my industry is backwards. I want to rip my industry apart. I love the employers I work for. I love doing background checks. Uh, I don't have a single client that wants to uh, wants to be discriminatory or do things bad. We're just doing things the way we always have. And I want to take the background check industry and make it a transparent consumer product. And we should own our own background checks and share it with who we want, when we want. It needs to be accurate. It needs to be verified. And we need to be in control of our own, our own background check, not hire private investigators or, or background check companies like mine to dig into your background, hoping to catch you. And, and I want to put out a caveat. I also see a lot of really bad people out there, right? That are trying to get into work for employers to do really, really, really bad things. And I think you and I discussed it a week ago a little bit. Yeah, It's depressing. They're, yeah, they're, they are the wolves of society, whether they're trying to get in to take advantage of people that are they can't defend themselves regardless of their age or whether they want to go in to steal, whether they want to, they are on a purpose. And we want, we, we have so many cases of that, but that's the small minority. The majority of people have background checks that, that have mistakes in it, right? No, there, there, there's another Brandon Straza out there and you've got it confused with me, but if you're trying to get a job, and the employer and the background check company don't know it's not you, you're already passed on, right? In today's world, you have 30 days to have your background check corrected from your employer in their background check, but they're not holding the job open for 30 days. No, yeah, there's no law that says, we're gonna correct the background check and give you the job. Yeah. It's just gonna say, hey, there was a mistake and okay, you go deal with that background check company and fix it, come back and let us know. Yep. But 
but we need to fill this position now. They've moved on. Yeah. There's not the time for the oopsie on there because they don't have time for it. So, you know, a few more questions as we come to the end here. I feel that, uh, you know, in times of prosperity, it's easier to win. When the world's winning, those wins just come just a little bit easier. But ingenuity and creativity come when we feel the squeeze. And the world's still feeling some form of a squeeze, even as we come out of the pandemic. What are you working on now that's going to take place over the next 12 months that excites you? I, what I was just talking about, I, I think about it day and night, that I'm going to change my industry, that I'm going to, that I'm going to help a lot of people And by that, I don't only mean applicants, I mean employers also. In this strange dance we did where where I wanted to work for you and and you wanted me to work uh, for you. And then I had to do a background check and do a a drug test. Well, that could take a week or two weeks in some cases or three or four days. It's not good for business. You've already made your decision, right? You want to hire me now. Let's get going. And uh, no, we got to wait while we do this sort of secret background check. So for the employer side, it, wouldn't it be great if I just said, yeah, hey, look, my background check is updated uh, monthly uh, by mybackgroundcheck.com. And here it is. And it's accurate. And no one's stolen my identity and, and, and uh, committed a crime in my name. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you can't believe how many times people, uh, I have the best customer service team. They really go out of their way and compliance team trying to help people. But you would be amazed how many times somebody says, you know, my, my, my identity was stolen a year or two ago, but the credit card company caught it and it didn't cost me anything. Well, what they don't know is the guy that stole or the girl that stole or the person that stole your credit cards and your identity also opened up an identification card or driver's license in your name. And it's basically a get out of jail free card. So you can do a crime. Here's my identity. Yes, I'll post bail. Or in now in many states, there's no bail. It's a no bail system. You just sign a paper saying, I promise to appear. And, you know, Brandon has a, an arrest warrant. Yeah. Yeah, not pretty. If anyone's out there looking to hire me, I'm unemployable. So it's <laughs> probably not me. Yeah. Let me, let me just give you a heads up on that one. So, <laughs> all right. Last one. What is a tip, a tactic, an actual item? that if someone listening to this today implemented it over the next 30, 60, 90 days would see a real impact on their personal or business life? It would be to take a piece of paper and write down the following words, shut the F up and do it. Like literally just shut up and do it. You're not a victim. You're not, nothing's holding you back. We can listen on, you can read a book, you can watch a video, you can listen to an audio, Set your goal, adjust your goals, shut up and do it. How's that? I I love it. It's blunt, it's simple. And you know, we turn things that should be so simple and we make them very difficult. And that's just right there. Take the idea off the shelf and do it, implement it. Like stop sitting there and saying, what if? Because someone else is gonna take that idea off the shelf and actually implement it. Yeah. And that's that, that's the result leaders. That's the activators that we have on the podcast. Those are the people that are actually out there doing it. And to gain access to, to Bob and to all the other amazing guests that we've had, they're accessible. You can find them on Twitter, on on Clubhouse. You can email them. Bob gave you his, his company number and his extension. Yeah reach out to them. If not, like, why are we doing this podcast? They're, they're saying, please reach out to me. And it's, I, I love when I hear the success stories of people actually reaching out, you know, to the amazing guests that we've had on the show. So we have got the founder 
of pre-employ and mybackgroundcheck.com. Bob, man, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Thank you so much. And I encourage everybody out there to send you as many books as they want. (laughs) No? Was that that bad? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think so. No, thank you so much. And uh, best of luck with everything you guys are doing here. And best luck to everybody out there. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing The Mastermind Effect.